This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book One, Exiles. Chapter 11. The boy had never heard of Moontown. It wasn't in any of the old stories. If he had known, if he had known about the children, the laughter and games and screams in the dark, it's likely that he would have stayed on the river a while longer to find a safer harbor. But he didn't know, so they made their way through the jumbled cluster of old houses, wandering through a maze of streets and alleys. They'd been painted once, the houses, long ago, bright colors to distract and amuse the children. But the colors had long since faded, scoured away by the whirling sand and by the pale rain that sometimes came. The boy stopped in front of one of them. It might have been painted sky blue once upon a time, when Moontown was young. Now it was more gray than anything else. Beneath the paint, the boy could see the walls were a patchwork of old cardboard boxes and cartons, flattened tin cans, folded labels and faded wrappers peeking through here and there. None of the windows had glass in them. Ragged scraps of plastic beckoned out from the dark holes like pale hands. The boy and girl arrived as the sky overhead was just beginning to lighten. It might have been dawn, but for the lack of sun. The streets and alleys were just starting to wake up. They saw other children wandering into the city alone, gathering together as they foraged in huddled groups of four or five. Their haunted eyes were rimmed with red, smudged beneath with shadow, but from sleeplessness or crying, it was hard to tell. The girl and her brother walked among them, accepted or perhaps just ignored. When they tried to speak with one of the other children, they received unintelligible whispers in reply. The morning wore on, and the boy and girl surged through the town, watching as the groups of children formed into packs and gangs. Minor battles were fought for control of the alleys and houses in a particularly cruel and violent variation on Capture the Flag. Alliances were formed, broken, betrayed, and reformed again in a matter of minutes. The children attacked their elaborate game, screaming and running in a frenzy all morning long. Neither the boy nor his sister could tell for certain if it was all only a game. The other children were so ruthless, so serious. There were no grown-ups in Moontown, just the children, swarming everywhere, chasing and screaming through the streets. But not our boy and girl. They didn't join in the games. They simply walked and watched the petty treaties of childhood form, crumble, and be negotiated anew. And as they walked, the boy was listening. A little thought kept nagging at him in the back of his mind, a tiny itch in his head that he couldn't quite reach. He had a suspicion that things were not what they seemed. There was a secret here in Moontown. He knew it. He could feel it. He could hear it whispering beneath the games and laughter. He knew that if he listened hard enough, if he was patient, he'd be able to find out what it was. 
Carefully, he let his feelings unroll inside, spreading them out like wings, like feelers, like antenna, brushing the air around him, tapping across the sidewalks and the cardboard houses like a blind man tapping his way through a maze. For her part, his sister followed close, watching over him while he walked and listened. She knew her brother was caught in his thoughts, so she kept the other children away from him with her fierce looks and, when they strayed too close, her fists and her feet. She was a fighter, and her father had always told her to take care of her boy. And she always would, even here. On they walked together, one listening and the other standing guard. And all the while, the children ran and screamed and played around them. But after a while, even the girl noticed that something wasn't right. She didn't have a lot of room left over inside for listening with all of her fierceness, but as the day wore on, she couldn't help but feel the terrible wrongness of this place, hear it screaming out from every open doorway and shadowed alley that they passed. The other children, that was one thing. They played, but there was a quiet desperation in their games. It was hollow somehow, frantic, as though they were all trying very, very hard to have fun. And she knew better than anyone that the harder you try to have fun, the less fun you're really having. They might be playing and laughing, but it sounded like they were one laugh, one scream away from a nightmare. Her brother had a little more understanding of what was happening around them. He knew after five minutes in that place that there was a horror hiding underneath it all. That was just how this kind of story worked. Since then, he'd spent his time trying to find it, to sniff it out. He'd walked the streets with his eyes half-closed, eavesdropping on the music of the children's games and trying to pick up on the darker tune playing beneath. In time, the sky began to fade, and a light wind sprang up, sending scraps of paper fluttering along the alleys. It grew colder, but still the children kept playing and screaming through the streets and houses. The kids, the girl whispered, clutching tightly to her brother's sleeve. Yeah, he murmured. Where'd they go? They were dwindling away, the other children, running now in groups, no more laughter or games, just running through the streets, wheeling one way and then another, like a flock of frightened birds at twilight. And, with every pass, there were fewer of them. Oh, what is this place? the girl whispered. Her brother watched the shadows. There was something there, in the darkness, so quick he almost missed it. A pale hand reaching out, snatching at the children as they ran by. One moment a child was there. The next, they were gone. And, one by one, they all disappeared into the shadows that lapped at their heels, pulling them away in bites like a hungry tide pulling down a sandcastle with wave after wave. Until, finally, only one child remained, running between the houses, his eyes wide, wheezing with fear. The girl gasped as he ran past. 
She recognized him by his pajamas, the cartoon frogs just barely visible beneath the mud and grime. It's James, she told her brother. The boy from the hospital. Hand pressed to his side, James passed in a half-limping, half-stumbling run. He shrieked, twisting away from a darkened doorway and sprinting off with a long, thin scratch on his cheek. Whatever had made it withdrew back into the shadows. The girl started to call after him, but her brother slapped his hand over her mouth. She twisted and struggled against him, but he turned her eyes to his and willed her quiet. After a long moment, she blinked at him. He blinked back. All was quiet in Moontown. Then, a stumbling crash, and they heard the boy shout, crying and running a few streets over from where they were, fading away as he moved farther off. The girl reached up to pull her brother's hand away. She froze in mid-gesture. A sound spilled out from the darkened doorway nearby. A low, contented sigh. Shuffling footsteps heading off in the direction of the fleeing boy. Her brother waited another moment or two, watching the shadows. Finally, he took his hand away and wiped it distractedly on the leg of his pants. Sorry, he told her. What was that? she whispered. He shrugged. He didn't know, but he was planning to find out. He started walking, and then turned back to see her standing there looking at him. What? We could have helped him, she said quietly. Listen, he pointed out between the houses. Out in the darkness, she could hear the boy crying. She moved to go after him. Come on, she said to her brother, and then, let me go. He shook her, gently. Listen, he said again. The boy was crying, faintly and far off, and then he wasn't crying at all. Silence. No more running. No more muffled sobs. No more of anything. The evening was all around them now, night fast approaching. Moontown was asleep. They stood there in the middle of the darkened street. The boy waited, holding his sister in front of him with his arms crossed over her chest. If something came for them as it had for the other children, it would have to take them together. He knew his sister would fight. That was her gift. But he also knew that this was something too terrible to be fought. He could feel it out there, still circling in the darkness. He was waiting to see if it could feel him too, and, if it could, what it would do. When it came for them, if it came for them, he wouldn't be scared. He was ready. But nothing came. He could feel something out there, moving away from them, towards the outskirts of the town. He realized that whatever was stalking this town didn't know that he and his sister were still here. It couldn't feel him at all, not like he could feel it. No. It had what it wanted, and it was done for the night. 
which also meant that he had an advantage over it. He relaxed his grip on his sister. It's gone. Are you sure? She blinked up at his face, pale in the growing darkness. He nodded. They were alone. What was that thing? I don't know, he said, but I'm going to find out. He led her through the darkened streets, empty and still. He kept one ear cocked to listen to the echoes in his head. He wasn't afraid, but he knew that what they were following was dangerous, and he was already planning ahead. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Before requesting permission, check with your doctor to find out if Assam and Darjeeling is right for you. Some listeners have reported cases of drowsiness, confusion, or extreme paranoia. Assam and Darjeeling has also been known to cause dementia and hallucinations in some younger listeners. If you or your children experience any of these symptoms, discontinue use immediately and contact a medical professional as death may be imminent. Unless otherwise noted, all contents of this production are copyright 2008, TM Camp. All rights reserved.